This is Entrepreneurs The Playbook, where each week I bring you some of the greatest athletes, celebrities, and entrepreneurs to talk about their personal and professional playbook to success. We are here live with my two best friends, two best friends that I have ever had, Dr. Lacey Book and Sean Dill with me here at the NBA All-Star Weekend. We want to thank the Pacers for hooking us up with an amazing studio here at the All-Star Game. So this is the All-Star version of Friday training. And as always, we once a month do an office hours edition where we bring on some extraordinary guests. Get your questions prepared. Uh, So after each guest, we will have time to take questions uh, on the multi-platform that we are broadcasting and amplifying on. Uh, But first, I just wanted to welcome Dr. Lacey Book. So excited to be here today, live. I mean, this is fun. Have you done this before this no, way? No, this is like a multicast. This is great. This is a multicast live. We're excited. Yeah, super cool. And of course, my BFF himself, Dr. Sean Dill. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. What's up, everybody? And Breakfast of Champions, Office Hours, the whole deal. It is amazing. Well, just real quick, because Erica's in the wings in the green room uh, waiting for us, uh, but we had an amazing VIP dinner with Meta World Peace, uh, with the incredible Dominique Wilkins. The Ice Man was there. Was there a quick takeaway uh, that you had last night from the dinner, Lise? I think uh, for me, it was the commonality that they all had of really wanting to help the youth. I think they were all, everybody that spoke that was on the panel was so passionate about investing in our future. Not our future, but our children's future and how we can elevate them and help them, you know, be very, very successful in this world. And I just thought that was a really neat thing to hear all of these individuals that had their own success wanting to do that. Yeah, my takeaway was both those guys are super tall. What about you, Sean? <laughs> Everybody's tall I, for us. Right? <laughs> I, I love this. You talk a lot about uh, basements and ceilings and uh, common theme there. I think everybody in the room, um, well, the, definitely the panel, but even the guests in the yeah. room, uh, people have found tremendous success. And I think one of the things that I my takeaway was do not let another human being set your ceiling. Mm-hmm. I think that it was, you know, so many people want to tell you what you cannot do. And then it, you, know, you think like, well, Dominique Wilkins, Meta World Peace, Darren Prince, you think that, well, you know, they're naturally gifted, they're fortunate. But then you find out like, hey, their background, you know, much like you, everybody came from struggle. But what they didn't do is they didn't let other people tell them what they cannot do. Yeah. And when they did that, they all had certain coincidences in their life. Mm-hmm. You know, the story about, yeah, I was playing on this playground or I was doing this. And you think about all the people that don't have the mindset that they're protected and promoted in the biggest struggles and that there's still options, opportunities and touches of favor with other, whatever faith you have and wisdom you gather. But one other thing is a quick takeaway. They all had mentors. Yes. They they all to get to the highest level. Some of them accidental mentors. Mm -hmm. Some of them. Yeah. Accidental mentors that just showed up in their lives and said, Hey, I'm going to mentor you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was awesome. Okay. Speaking of mentors, we are blessed to have Erica John DePriest in the house, the founder of Erica John Coaching and Publishing. Welcome to Office Hours Friday Training. Hi, thank you. Oh my gosh, it's such a pleasure to have you. Now, one of the most common things that coaches deal with, uh, Erica, is getting stuck. 
Uh, everybody, no matter who and what level they are, whether you're one of the world's greatest basketball players, as we learned last night, or just starting out in your first venture or going to school, so many people feel stuck. And you have given us a pragmatic book, a best-selling book uh, to the secret of getting unstuck. I can't think of something more valuable in life uh, than having uh, these daily habits that you talk about as a guide. Give us some insight on why people feel unstuck. I mean, why they feel stuck in the first place. Yes, and thank you. Thank you so much for that validation because I, I feel like everyone gets stuck in some area at some point in their life and sometimes more than once. Um, so in the book, I talk about the habits, the mechanics of habits, the habit loop, how you get stuck in a habit, particularly habits that are not working well for you. Um, and then I break down how do you break those habits and how do you create new ones? Um, I heard someone say you can't just uh, stop a habit or quit a habit. You have to replace it with something else. So I thought it was very important that if I'm going to tell you five habits that will change your life, I should help you to understand the mechanics of habits. And then we go into obliterating negative beliefs, identifying and obliterating uh, negative beliefs. And, and I say identify them because sometimes we don't even realize that we have negative beliefs or we don't realize that what beliefs are controlling us. So if you can imagine being stuck in this negative habit loop with this negative belief, and we will never act out of alignment with our beliefs. So if I, I, I had a client the other day, she, we were working on a business plan and she said, you know, I think I'm just not, I don't believe that I will be consistent. And I said, well, you know, if we can come up with the best strategy, the best plan, but if you don't believe that you're going to be consistent, then this plan is not going to work. I don't care. <laughs> so, go ahead. Oh, no, this is great. I love the idea of talking about negative beliefs. And I, I'm curious your thoughts on this because what I have found is even when you help people get unstuck, right? They had these negative beliefs and then we help them get unstuck and they elevate to a new level of success. Do you yeah. find that they find new negative belief patterns and limitations that you have to help them with? Or is it something that once they have the habit of that introspective thought process, they're able to break free from them much quicker? What do you notice with your clients? It, it just depends. I will say this, there's always that next level, right? So once we set out to accomplish a goal, get unstuck in a certain area, make some level of progress, <clears throat> It's human nature that we want to go to that next level. Well, with that next level presents a whole new set of challenges and problems to work through and it may even reveal some negative beliefs that you didn't know that you had. So that's why I believe everyone needs a coach, even coaches uh, need coaches. I read not too long ago, Oprah has four coaches. So there's something to having that presence in your life to keep you moving forward. So even if you do get stuck, it's not nearly as long because the coaching can help pull you right out and tools like right. the secret to getting unstuck. 
You know, it's funny, Erica, is that before I get to Dr. Sean Dill, uh, uh, my first real coach was Bob Proctor, and I was blessed to, to have Bob Proctor. And the first piece of advice Bob gave me was you need a minimum of three coaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I looked at him, I said, is this some kind of conspiracy of coaches? Like <laughs> when you start co- when you start coaching, the first piece of advice is you need the three multi-level of, marketing of coaching. I can barely afford you, Bob. Uh, but I uh, I maintain more than three coaches uh, still today, and probably have one of the bigger coaching practices in the world. And Phenomenal. my uh, favorite coach that I've had the longest one is my sleep coach. And I was telling my friends. Uh, that it gives me the most productivity accessibility in my life to know how to sleep. I'm going to be in the sleep hall of fame, by the way, uh, speaking of the sleep hall of fame, he won't put you to sleep, but this is uh, Dr. Sean Dill. Erica, John, they call you the people whisper. I love that. Um, and you know, I want to pick up that conversation of new levels. I think that one of the things that gets us stuck oftentimes is fear. Uh, Joe Dispenza talks about how fear is just frozen energy. Like we get in a situation where we aspire to more, we can kind of even potentially even visualize where we want to go, but there's a lot of fear, fear of the unknown, fear of the known. Um, Talk to us about how fear plays a role in getting us to be stuck. Yes, fear is paralyzing. Fear will stop you in your tracks, hence stuck, you can't move. Um, and, and it can be a very powerful thing. And it's, it's probably the biggest thing that, we, that I deal with when we talk about coaching um, or coaching my clients. And I think that having tools like uh, the book, The Secret to Getting Unstuck, um, is incredible in helping you to get unstuck because it's giving you tangible, tactical things to do. When I think about fear, it it's in our heads, right? It's not. I, sometimes I say it's not like it's a, a a masked man with a with a gun saying, "No, you can't do that." Be you know, be a, it's it's all in our head. And I also heard this quote that said, "When you're in your head, you're dead," right? So it just all stuck. So if you can find some tools, some techniques that will propel you forward, then you can work your way through the fear. And I don't know if I told you guys this. Well, as you can see here in the background, I have I've written the book, The Secret to Getting Unstuck: A Guide to Forming Five Habits That Will Transform Your Life and Make You Unrecognizable. And I got to thinking, you know, you can read a book and, and get it intellectually. And if you put it down and you never revisit it, then it doesn't do you any, any good. So I created a meditation that will walk you through the steps that I talk about in the book, the five habits and a, an accompanying journal. And that way you have the intellectual knowledge and then you have tools to put it in practice. And then the third book is The Secret to Getting Unstuck, Declarations of Truth. And it's all about affirmations that will transform your life. Well, the practice of identifying fear is one thing. How to handle our reaction to fear and the amount of time that we stay stuck because of our reactions to fear. Uh, Fear of the past, 
formulating into resentment and guilt, fear of the future, and anxiety and worry, uh, all duplicative negatives that are interfering with our potential, driving us to get the validation from others of wanting others to think something or wanting others to approve or validate who we are. But I love the affirmation side of it and telling myself every day I am and filling in the blank and then yeah. figuring out what we're doing to interfere with that. Forming habits is an essential part of that. And it's nice to know someone has given us a guide, not just to read over and understand, as you said, intellectually, but to practice every day to transform ourselves into an entirely new you at a higher elevation frequency and vibration. This book is a must read. It's obviously being read by a lot as it's a best-selling book, The Secret to Getting Unstuck. Check out Erica John DePriest. She's an amazing coach, publisher. She is also a keynote speaker and also making some cash in real estate with the best of us. So <laughs> congratulations, Erica. We have many other places to put you. What a great introduction here on our Friday training office hours edition. Thank you so much. We look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you so much. Have an amazing day. You're amazing. Uh, we are blessed uh, to be here with my two friends. And as we uh, were talking about last night, um, and the takeaways uh, of that time, uh, I have no idea what we're, we're doing there, but uh, <laughs> you know, I, I'm a very transparent person. So uh, I, I love people to hold up notes with a very faint ink on it. And, and scribbles. Scribbles, scribbles are good. I think you're just staying wait, 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 under you. I think, yeah, I think we're good. I think we're good right now. We're good, right? Idea. Here, Nick, come here for a second. Everybody knows the nick of time. He's here in studio with us live. Come here, buddy. All right, this say is hi. Nick. This is what he looks like, everyone. Yay. Nick of time, what did the note say? The note, I don't even remember word for word. <laughs> so but stay I, unmuted. I said stay unmuted in between guests. So as we take questions, everybody on the webinar would be able to hear us. Awesome. All right. Okay. So do we have questions on Clubhouse? Yes. We do. All right. Who are you going to bring up, Nick? Yes. So for our first question of the day, I'm going to pass it over to the wonderful Serafina. So Serafina, go ahead and unmute yourself and ask David, Sean, and Lacey your question. Hello. Good morning. Happy Friday. So my question is, what's the difference between willingness and willfulness? Oh, wow. Mm. I, I, this young lady asked me questions so often that I've never heard before, which is a complete sign of intelligence, by the way, if you're not asking the exact. So willingness and willfulness. Um, Take it away, Dave. <laughs> I'm going to. And thank you, Serafina. So um, I think it has to do with free will. And the relationship between if I'm willing to do something, I'm aligning with somebody else's will. Mm -hmm. And if I'm willful, I'm trying to get people with my free will to align with what I will. Mm -hmm. um, and combined, Serafina, which I think is an important matter of will, is that our will includes the attention and intention of where we want to be, a divine direction. And so I think the relationship or difference between them is whose will is driving the wisdom and driving the faith to get to the divine direction. And if we align timing and risk tolerance, value, emotion, uh, then we can have that coordinated collabor collaborative movement that I think falls into we are willingness to do, say, think, feel, and believe. Um, 
any other ideas? Um, No, I was just thinking about the two words in general. And I feel like willfulness, like if I have a willfulness, like energetically, that feels like a more empowering word than even even willingness. Because I think sometimes people use the word willingness, like I have a willingness to do it. Mm. You know, it yeah. can it can hold really empowering energy or lower energy depending how the user utilizes it, which I think so is like interesting. When your mom asks you to clean your room, you're like, I have a willingness to do it, right? but it doesn't but you're mean I'm willful. W- but you're it. not willful, right? That's and great. so I I like that willfulness is so empowering and it's such a strong word. So I think stepping into that is really really amazing. You hear that, mom? Yeah. Anything else, Dr. Sean Dill? I think that, I mean, first of all, Serafina, it's a great question. It's a great question. Um, for someone of her age to be contemplating these things is is on, on a Friday morning. Yeah, right. Early pretty, Friday it's morning. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> I, I think that, and, and I was trying to think, to use correct grammar, but yeah. I can't. I think it's kind of a, a tense. Um, the willingness does not even actually have to be attached to anything. Mm-hmm. I have, I mean, and oftentimes you hear that. I have a willingness to do anything. I have a willingness to try raw oysters. I have a willingness <laughs> to whatever the thing is. Willful, willfulness is attached to, like, it, it. you can't have willfulness without the attached Attachment. outcome or what you're attached to, what the willingness or willfulness is attached to. So I think it's, you know, the precursors, willingness. And there's a lot of people that have willingness. I think that the sign of maturity is then you have that intention, that discernment, and mm-hmm. you've picked the things that you have a willful willfulness towards. Because you can have a willingness just generally towards, I have a willingness to wake up today, attack the day, and have a phenomenal day. But I have a willfulness towards, you know, doing our content, right. engaging with people, creating lasting and meaningful relationships. And so I have to assign what it's towards in order to mm-hmm. be willful. That is awesome. We are blessed to have people like Serafina here. Nick, do you have another guest or you want me to take something online? We are overloaded with uh, interest, curiosity, and co-creativity, by the way. Absolutely. I was going to say, I have actually one online that I think would be a perfect fit. If you wouldn't mind, actually, I can go ahead and read it. Is that cool? I love it, man. That's beautiful. So between you, Dr. Lacey Book, and of course, Dr. Sean Dill, you guys are all coaches, right? So the question is, or what are some questions you can ask a potential mentor or coach to understand if they're the right fit? Yeah, well, it's very important to align uh, if you're the right fit or not. And, uh, you know, I know early on coaching, we think everybody's the right fit Mm -hmm. because we want to make it our occupation because we love to be of service and to bring value. Uh, But hopefully you'll get to a point in your coaching career where you can let the person know you're not a good fit. I know last night we had a few occurrences of people who wanted to come actually to our VIP dinner. Mm-hmm. And we are very conscious about the community, the network, the neighborhood that we're in. And it was like, hey, you're not a good fit for this community. It doesn't mean that you're bad or good, mm-hmm. right? We, we just have a certain frequency or neighborhood. And for me, I take, because I coach all the time, I don't think a person who wants me to coach them would be able to realize whether I'm a good fit or not. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully they will, and they'll do it before they say, I want you to coach me. Mm-hmm. Usually the good thing about today with the social silos that we create, people think they're a good fit for you is why they reach out for you to coach them. Mm-hmm. So I think it's your responsibility and to be accountable to them saying, hey, you know what? I can't think of, a for me, a, a quantitative value that I can bring, but maybe Dr. Lacey Book can because she has situational knowledge, experience, and relationships that can bring that value. 
I could give you some mindset tips, but we're not a good fit. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to start over here with the, the BFF, Mr. Dr. Sean Dill. Well, I think, first of all, it's important to sort of define for everybody the difference between a coach and a mentor. And a teacher. And a teacher as well. Um, typically, though, I would think that in, in this forum, people aren't necessarily looking for teachers, although they probably should actually, right? You know, the dissemination and the transfer of knowledge um, on a particular subject matter is very important. What happens too is I think that we get tired of being taught, right? And so then we, we feel like we have our knowledge base down and then we move into the realm of coaching and mentorship. Um, a mentor is someone who has actually done the thing. Like they've, they have the experience. They've paid the dummy tax, as, as you say, Dave. They've, they've been through the situation. But also, um, too many times, especially on social media, people make a big deal about this and say that in order to be a coach, you need to have had experience in the thing. In fact, most of the world's greatest coaches, especially on like professional sports level, haven't actually excelled at the thing. You know, you look at Sean McVay or Mike McDaniel, um, even Andy Reid just winning the Super Bowl. Like, did he win Super Bowls as a player? Like, then you're like, well, wait a minute. Did he play? Like, so now we're like, hey, I'm not sure that, you know, that would make a good coach. What are you talking about? Of course, he's one of the greatest coaches currently in the game. But then you have mentorship. Um, and then one of the ones that I think it gets highly overlooked, Steve Kerr, mentor and coach. So, and teacher, by the and way. And teacher, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, you have to decide because you don't have to have, you know, you don't have to have a men teacher, mentor, coach, but you could. You have to actually, I think, start with what do I need? Do I need coaching or do I need mentorship? Great point. Dr. Lacey Book? Well, I, that's exactly what I was going to say. A lot of times you don't know the difference between what you want and what you actually need. And so it's really difficult for you to go to somebody, a coach, to figure it out if they're going to be able to serve you in the right way because you may want something, but that may not be what you need to actually grow your business or elevate in your life because if you already knew what you needed, you'd probably already be doing it, right? And so like you said, oftentimes it's just a vibrational match. It's an energy. It's I, I like your style. And then it's on the mentor, teacher, or coach to be able to say you're a right fit or you're not. So very important. Yeah. One of the things, and we're going to be bringing on our amazing guest, Daniela. She's right there in the green room. Uh, one of the more difficult things is to tell the truth as a coach. Mm -hmm. And once again, <laughs> I'm very obsequious because I'm on the other side of coaching now. But I look back at being true to myself as a coach. I wouldn't push people because I'd be afraid they would fire me. Mm. Like I wouldn't tell them the truth. Right. And now it's the opposite. I, you know, purposely only work month to month both ways mm -hmm. because I, I, the most frustrating thing of being a coach is wanting it more than the person you're coaching or them not doing the work and thinking they want it as much as you yeah. want it for them. Yeah. And when they don't do the work, I used to sit back and just, Hey, you know, well, they, you know, they'll come around on their own time. Now I just let them know, look, you cannot waste my time. I have too many people that want to do the work mm -hmm. to get there. And I'm going to tell you the truth. And it's going to hurt your feelings yeah. if you're a human. And you're going to have to give me permission in order to work. And, and so, you don't know you need that, right? right. Until somebody does that for and you. It's not a good fit if somebody yeah. can't take it. I mean, yeah. we have children and some can take constructive criticism and others can't. <laughs> right. right? And, and it's the same thing with your coaching clients. Uh, we are blessed, though, to have so many different friends that join us. And Daniela Gilboa is here, co-founder and CEO of AIVF. 
all the way from Israel. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, Daniela. Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Um, you know, there is a huge business and need in fertility. And right. uh, lives change mm -hmm. uh, immensely when we're able to provide them this gift. Uh, and a gift, uh, not to say that adoption and other alternatives aren't there, but there's something special in being able uh, to provide the ability yeah. to create a legacy of life. And um, it, it's probably the, one of the most emotional uh, things that happen in the world, but yet now it's also science combined with that emotion. Uh, AI obviously has a big role in the statistical success today. What are you guys doing at AIVF to help more people experience one of, if not the greatest joy in life? Uh, so it's, uh, first of all, thank you so much for having me. Um, I always talk, I always love to talk about IVF and AIVF. Um, so thank you for the opportunity. Um, so yeah, so it, we at AIVF believe that we can optimize IVF and help many more families realize the dream of having a baby. Um, and AI today that is pretty much accessible, uh, we can leverage AI to really help in decision-making and making IVF uh, to be more easier, even fun, um, accessible, transparent, and uh, successful, more successful. And this is um, this is our mission and vision, and this is what we do. And you know, I tell my uh, I tell the uh, people um, here, mostly engineers, I tell them that every line of code they write is translated tomorrow morning to um, happy um, patients. So. This is what we do. I love it. I, I love the fact that you said it can be fun too, because I think a lot, of, I mean, that was the thing that stuck out to me the most. I think a lot of people go through this journey and it, right. it's difficult and it's hard and it's, there's a lot of emotions around it. So can you expand on what that means to, to be able to do this and help them do it in a way that's lighthearted and fun? Yeah. So, so first of all, it's a journey and, and, and I think it's, it's, the exact um, um, it, it's it's right um, um, explaining IVF as a journey, um, and I think once the patient understands that it's it's a journey, and she's there, she can make decisions. She's empowered to understand the journey, to choose uh, the you know the 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 caregivers, to choose the clinic, to understand what she's going through. So so. This is, this is a good way to start. So she's not led by anyone, she's leading. And by that, I mean, she needs to understand what she's going through and, and, and understand the science and the biology and, and not be shy to ask questions and given the, uh, the opportunity to ask questions and given the, the data and the information that what is she going through, um, how many embryos she has, um, how are, how, um, they're graded? Is it considered good or bad? What does it mean a good embryo? What are the chances of success? What's ahead of me? How long is it going to take me? How much money do I have to spend? 
well, what's what's in it for me? So I think these questions um, are crucial for you know for everyone. And I think an IVF patient that has so many, it's like a it's like you're entering a chaotic world, and we are here to help guide them through this chaos. So what they're doing is they're connected to um, clinics that work with the IVF. It's a software platform that is connected inside the clinic. So clinics that are connected to IVF um, uh, become more transparent because everything is all the data and, and, and the, the embryos and the patient uh, records and everything is collected into one single dashboard that is uh, connecting the physician, the lab and the patient. So everyone talk the same language and, and imagine you have your iPhone and you log into the clinic and you see everything, you see your embryos and you see the, the development, which is the most amazing thing in the world to see your embryos developing in the lab inside an incubator and understanding what the process is and what, you know, this is your embryos that will turn into your baby. Um, so the emotional aspect as well as the science, it's so moving and it's so there that I think, you know, it's, it's really up to us as a society to first bring it to uh, the crowd. And second, it needs to be accessible and it needs, we as a society need to help people um, realize the dream of having a children. It does not have, the, the fact that it's now, um, um, it's now um, not accessible um, and, you know, if you don't have the money and if you don't have, if you live far from any good clinic, then, um, so this is what we have to do. And it's not only the, the, the mission of IVF and I think it's, it's us as society. Yeah, very important and obviously providing a huge opportunity and option for people that don't have one. Dr. Dill. Yeah, I think this is uh, absolutely phenomenal. And I, I, one of the things I love about technology, especially what um, AI is doing for the world, is it shrinks it. It, it makes uh, it possible, like right now, for us to have a conversation with somebody in Tel Aviv and transmit that conversation to people all around the world. And I love how you are utilizing technology to shrink the world and provide access. You talked about access to people all over the world. So how, how I'm, I'm wondering this conversation, how can we leverage this platform right now to bring this to more people? Is this more um, consumer facing? So are we, are, can, can just women around the world access the platform or are we trying to reach the professionals? Do we have to have the clinics on board first? How does somebody interface and get in touch with you and start getting involved in the system? Um, so thank you for asking that. Um, first of all, IVF is, is you know, is, is, uh, is a scientific and a medical um, uh, process. So it needs to be under uh, inside a medical uh, institution. It cannot be done at home. So it's not a kit that you can do it at home. So it's, it's a medical process. And so we are working with um, IVF clinics and medical centers. Um, small and big everywhere in the world um, and we're providing our technology inside the clinic um, and it, 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 it just helps with uh, decision making and so what, I think every single step of the way 
um, that has the, the IVF expert um, with an AI tool that helps them make better decisions, I think we gain a lot. And, and you know, healthcare in general is going through this transformation now, and, and so is IVF. Um, so, you know, basically, uh, we connect with IVF uh, centers around the world. And so um, whoever is interested in our technology, um, I would be very happy if you log on to AIVF.co or write to me and I will be there to help. And we are so appreciative for that. It's such an important opportunity for so many. So go to AIVF.co, the incredible Daniela Gaboa. Thank you so much for bringing more life to not only our show, but to the world. We appreciate you. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much. Awesome. Nick of time. It's time for you to reset the room. Hey, we are doing a lot of traveling, Nick. So I know a lot of people will be joining us at SoFi next week, SoFi Stadium, our studio office, Mastermind Center there in the stadium. Get a tour of the revamped FIFA World Cup Stadium now. They're tearing it apart. <laughs> uh, sorry, Chargers and Rams. Uh, but we also have a big tour coming up uh, with meetups and VIP dinners. Nick of time, we are getting into the fourth quarter. Can you help us out a little bit? It would be a pleasure and honor, as always, doing a quick reset of the room here. This is the one and only Power Hour with David Meltzer in the best room and community in Clubhouse, The Breakfast with Champions. As you can tell, today's topic is the office hours training. Um, so we're being featuring these incredible guests, and in between them, we'll be able to take some questions. So as you have your questions for David, um, who is also joined by Dr. Lacey Book and Dr. Sean Dill, as you have those questions, use the hand in the lower right-hand corner of your screen to request to join the stage and we will aim to bring you up. As David mentioned, next week we will be in Southern California at SoFi Stadium. Um, so if you'd like to join David there, please make sure to reach out. But the big tour at the end of February uh, kicks off on Monday the 26th in Chicago. And then the 27th on Tuesday, which is New York, right? Then we have Wednesday the 28th, which will be in New Jersey. Finally, on the 29th in the morning, we will be in Philadelphia, followed by the evening or afternoon back in Chicago. So I know that's a lot to take in. When you want that schedule, all you want to do is email David directly to not only join him in person, but to make sure you have all the correct dates, times for meetups, VIP dinners, and everything in between. So that email is just David at dmeltzer.com. And you can also join his text community to get the reminders of where David's going to be. And that text community will be 949-298-2905. Both can be found in the room chat here. Yeah, I'm not sure everyone on StreamYard heard that in LinkedIn. <laughs> so because we're not. Uh, connected on uh, Nick's phone. So let me just remind everyone as we're going to take a question here. We will be, if you are want to join us in SoFi, New York, New Jersey, Philly, uh, also in Las Vegas, go ahead, email me, david at dmelter.com. All right, Nick, we're ready to go. Let's bring the next guest up. Absolutely. Our next guest will be joining us in about five minutes. So in the meantime, I will pass the mic over to Monica, who has a question for David, Sean, and Lacey. Monica, thanks so much for joining us here on the Clubhouse. Feel free to unmute yourself and ask your question. Oh, thank you. Oh, great. I was just sending an email to David. Oh, perfect. <laughs> um, 
to join you in New York. Yeah, I just moved here, so I'm really excited. Awesome. Good to yeah, good to have you. Yeah, it's really great to see you in person. Well, I have my two expert friends, the geniuses, doc, the two docs in the house, so uh, would love to hear your question. Okay, yeah. Um, well, I wanted to share, too, that I had trouble with, in, with infertility, um, had two miscarriages before I had my first son, and... I know what the turmoil that women go through when they're having to like face the idea of maybe not having children. Um, I guess I would like to know, is there emotional support with the program that she's offering? Um, it sounds really, really fascinating. And I'm really glad that technology is actually helping with such an important issue. Yeah. Um, so what they provide is a platform for the clinicians, the embryologists, the doctors uh, in the facility. So uh, they're empowering them with better information to help support those. Um, so I think the variance of what type of emotional support you get is determined upon the doctors, the embryologists, the clinicians that you're working with. Um, and for clarification, what the AI, uh, AI, VF is the artificial intelligence side to expedite the information, to identify the embryos, to increase the success for those people that are having difficulty getting pregnant. Um, but like we started with that question, it's such a good question because it is one of the most emotional things. I uh, We had a miscarriage on our third uh, child. And I could imagine if that was the first time mm -hmm. because it was so emotional, even though we had two successful, uh, pregnancies and healthy children, it was one of the most emotionally interfering things, fear based things in, in life, uh, as we are born here to co-create, um, and to give more people that experience option, uh, to have children is awesome. But I want to reiterate too, that, you know, I believe we're protected and promoted in some challenges, even as difficult as they are, like not being able to have children. We also are blessed to have people that have children that we that need houses and need homes and need mm -hmm. parents that don't and can have children. And so uh, I wanna encourage everyone to realize there's many options, opportunities. And when we are faced with uh, different struggles, uh, I always try to find the light, the love and the lesson, the opportunity and realize that there's a divine direction that's meant for my life and for yours. And uh, we just start creating more and more of those opportunities. I can't wait to see you in New York City. We will be there on the 27th. Thank you so much for emailing me. You bet. Thank you. You got it. Nick, time. we got time for another question. I actually believe that our guest is here ready to rock and roll in the green room. Do you see her on your side, David? Uh, yes, I do. Alicia Kay is here. Muy bien. All right. Let's bring on Alicia Kay. Thank you for your patience, everyone, as this is the first time uh, that we are doing a multicast of this sort. And we want to thank the Pacers, the NBA, uh, for allowing us to utilize this studio here in Indianapolis on NBA weekend. Uh, but uh, this is the all-star edition uh, we heard Alicia Keys earlier. Now we have Alicia, Alicia Kay, licensed <laughs> mental health counselor. She also is a certified life coach and has her own coaching and events business in New York City. So hopefully we'll see her as well in New York. Welcome, Alicia. So you guys are doctors. And let's get off of the fertility side. Mm -hmm. Just you do so much with patients and you have 
so many doctors that work with you in the Black Diamond Club that come to our masterminds. Uh, and I was curious uh, how AI is impacting your field it, mm. completely, not just in fertility. Well, I think AI is a very interesting tool. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that the jury, it's a great tool. And I think that, you know, we've had several discussions about this in many forms and really what it comes down to is how you use it. So I would say the jury is out, not mm -hmm. whether or not it's real or whether or not it's good, but the jury is out whether it's being, it, it is being used for good. So, I mean, one of the dangers is that a lot of people are like, well, it is AI. So now I don't need human doctors anymore. I'll just sit at home, you know, with the advent of even just information technology, a lot of people began to, you know, self-diagnose. Well, now, you know, that just accelerates and potentially compounds on the problem. But then the argument on the other side is, listen, it's not wrong that often. And in fact, AI, you know, in many of the research and tests grades higher than the human doctors, mm -hmm. not only just on uh, accuracy, but also on bedside manner. And so I think that, you know, one of the Shocker. things that's, yeah, it's a shock, it's, it's shocking, yeah. but Shocker. I think that what, what the biggest breakthrough is that humans need to learn how to work alongside, like you have the world's greatest assistant mm -hmm. um, and access to the world's greatest assistant. And I think that at the end of the day, I mean, people still trust and want to interact with healers. There's, you know, AI doesn't have a healing component, an energetic component. And so I think that what, what it's left to is can the world's greatest healers um, learn to leverage and maintain their healing energy while accessing the knowledge base, um, you know, situational awareness and thinking that AI can bring to the table. And if that happens, I honestly think that, you know, we're living in a time where there's some major breakthroughs. I think we're going to see life expectancies um, increase uh, exponentially high. I would love to see us take away the human and political component of what things, drugs, uh, therapies, and treatments that are available to us. And I'm hopeful that AI will begin to prove some of that stuff out and flesh that out and give some validity to a lot of the great things that are out there in the world. Yeah, AI is kind of like a hammer. It can mm. be used to build a house or knock it down. And when we're talking about our health, it's uh, even more important to have and understand the statistics. How do you see, I know you work with so many doctors, uh, Lacey, how do you see AI as far as being utilized in a positive or what should we be aware of that could be abused? Yeah, no, I was just thinking because what Sean is talking about may be um, detrimental to the healthcare profession, you know, again, if everybody is looking to AI to get their answers, right? Um, but what I have seen is it has empowered a lot of smaller healthcare providers that have smaller businesses and want to help and serve more people. It's allowed them to be able to utilize AI to get their message out there, to be able to articulate what they do. Amazing. All right. Yep. On our own accountability, we have figured out our technology with the incredible Alicia Kay. And she is one of my 1,000 because I'm on a mission to empower over a billion people to be happy, to live in bliss. And she has an amazing program. It's a six-month program called Breakthrough to Bliss, giving us the mindset, the heart set, and the handset in order to live these willful, fulfillful, passionate, purposeful, and profitable life that we all in a divine direction desire. Welcome Alicia Kay to Office Hours. Awesome. Thank you so much, David. What an incredible intro and I am just grateful to be here. Well, the the universe always conspires when we have too much energy. So uh, I always raise my awareness when the energetic interference happens that we're going to blow out all of these different platforms. Um, 
what are you teaching in the six month program? You know, it's so such a broad thing. I find myself people asking me, Dave, yeah, over a billion people to be happy. What does that mean? I specifically say, I'm going to teach you to make more money, help more people and have fun. What are we going to learn with your program? Oh, absolutely. I am, you know, I, I combined all of my years as a psychotherapist for the last 20. So I'm have an extensive history of trauma, right? And so I teach people in the beginning of the program that their beliefs about themselves and their perceptions of what they're carrying within them essentially is formed for within the first seven years of their life. And so we really start to get down to the nitty gritty of why they feel the way they feel about themselves and really learn that they could become the master to change that within them at any point. So removing the parental uh, imprint of what they got and didn't want or what they needed and didn't get, we really identify all of that in the first half of the container. And so we're really clearing that out, helping them get rid of the shame, the blame, the resentment, and all of that pain that they're carrying in their body so that they can go through a nervous system clear out with somatic breath work, with internal family systems work, with deeper trauma processing work, so that in the second half of their program, they can realign with the energy of their divine self, their creative self, to build and co-create the life that they want to be living outside of all of the uh, dense energy that they've been carrying really since the day that they've been born. So we're raising the vibration by working with the past and future at the same time, which is an incredible program um, that I've developed using all of my skills as a therapist, teacher, and coach. Alicia, I absolutely love this topic. And I love that you utilize the word imprint because um, I think that very early on, we are imprinted in so many ways. And when people have traumas and things that they're dealing with, oftentimes all they do is focus on the emotional component, when really it does create a neurological imprint in our system that manifests in all sorts of ways. So I'm curious because you said the front half of the container was helping them identify that and release all of the trauma. But in the second half of the container, are you helping them create new imprints so that they can and evolve and change in a different way? Yeah. So unlike a lot of the coaching programs out there, mine includes what is called somatic release breath work, which is working with your intuitive intelligence in the body to clear out trauma and to clear out that programming so that you can create the energetic feeling in your body of what it feels like to be in alignment, to hear those downloads, to connect with your higher self and source that's always within you. So it's really the combination of like talk and deeper work along with that somatic work to clear out your nervous system from what you've been carrying. And then yes, when they are able to, you know, create the state of bliss from within, because that's a mindset, right? That's a state of being that we can tap into at any point. But a lot of us don't even know that that's available because of the way that we've been interpreting our suffering. And so it's changing your story, owning your divinity, and really aligning with that frequency that's always within you, that's been guiding you since the day that you came into this, this body. Yeah, it's amazing too how you've combined the reconciliation of time. Uh, and when we're looking at bliss, I think it's really important. Not only is it a love language for me, but I think it's a necessity to understand the infinite time of past, present, and future, 
but reconciling into the present time. Uh, speaking of the nick of time, we have Dr. D Sean Dill just in the nick of time to ask another great question. Alicia, I'm going to get outside of the box. One of the things that we um, think is um, important, especially we were talking earlier about coaching, is that all great coaching advice always needs to be counterintuitive because, listen, if it were intuitive, that's what the client would have been doing anyways. They would have gotten themselves out of their current situation into where they want to go. So here comes a little bit of a, an interesting coaching. It's not, not us coaching you. I, I want your perspective coaching people for all of the listeners. Um, if people actually have this, and I, I wholeheartedly agree, we're, we're formed early age. We, we're, we have these imprints, um, parents, environment, influences, et cetera. Most people don't know this though. The common person <laughs> right. is not aware of this. Yeah. Do you have any tips for, we're listening now. Now we are all aware. We've heard you <laughs> bring this into awareness. So for now, all of us, when we're looking out at the world, what are some clues that we might see in individuals? I think this is especially important in hiring. Mm -hmm. What are some things that we might see in individuals that they have these imprints that might be mm -hmm. potentially even negative, maybe negative to them, maybe negative to me? Should I decide to enter into relationships? What are some things that you've seen that people are carrying around these imprints and they just don't know it? I always look at the language that they use, right? Because I believe that words are creative, not just descriptive. And so the language that they're using to describe a situation is always my doorway in to the deeper unconscious, subconscious programming that they're still carrying in them that then becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy of what they're creating in their outer reality, right? So if you say something like, I am not enough, right, or there's something wrong with me, then that essentially the universe is going to align more of that for it to be true. And so when you really start to identify the words that people are using and be like, well, you said this, but let me invite this perspective in. What if that was only because you needed that language and that belief to survive your situation? And it's actually outdated programming now. Mm -hmm. Right. So I really help them see how their outer world is really a mirror to their inner world and the work that their soul and their psyche wants them to do in their life. Well, I'm in heaven because um, my <laughs> love language not only is time, but it's also a study of Einstein uh, who said you can't solve a problem in the same consciousness in which it was created, mm -hmm. uh, which is what Sean is talking about, which is why we need these signature programs uh, from the experts, the mentors, the coaches, the teachers like Alicia Kay. Uh, and there's so many different ways to get a different perspective. It's not only sharing that perspective and idea, but having a coach, a mentor, and a teacher like you that helps walk us through the steps in order to execute uh, on uh, what needs to be done in order to heal. Uh, and for those of us that have the best option philosophy in life, I believe in millions of lifetimes because it's a better option than one. Uh, but one of the things that comes along with believing that there's millions of lifetimes is genetic and energetic inheritance, the imprints that we have in the uh, 
prescribed hardware that we've been given, the epigenetic and genetic DNA, the coding, uh, that no matter what our practices are daily, no matter what our neuro pathways that have been formed previously, the 40,000 or so of the same thoughts every day, which 80% of them approximately are negative and repetitive, uh, we need coaches to help change uh, the way we look at things. So the things we look at change. That's what Alicia Kay is doing. We look forward to seeing her in New York, uh, hopefully on the 27th or New Jersey on the 28th, somewhere around Hamburg, New York, uh, that she can join us. If you want to break through, if you want to get unstuck, this has been a great place to be on office hours. We've had the experts from around the world with whether it's physically mentally, spiritually, or emotionally, it's time to break through to our happiness. We have to thank Alicia Kay for joining us on our mission to empower over a billion people to be happy, to live in bliss. Remember, I am happy. It takes people like Alicia Kay to help teach us what we're doing to interfere with it. Thank you so much, Alicia. We'll see you in New York. Yes, thank you. Awesome. Well, here we are at my favorite spots of all the office hours, especially the Friday training edition of office hours. Just wondering, as we talked about the takeaway from last night, what's your takeaway, Dr. Sean Dill, for this episode of office hours? Well, this is interesting because usually we, we have such amazing guests and they're in alignment, which likewise happened today. Phenomenal. <laughs> Thank you, Luca. <laughs> yeah, Luca, great job. My <laughs> takeaway actually is outside. This is going to be a breaking the fourth wall takeaway mm. that I mean, and, and we've just we've seen this. We've lived it. I think in the last, you know, 48 hours, we were talking about this this morning, that things just work out. Right. If in, And this came came up alignment. So if you can stay in alignment, things work out. You might feel like you're about to lose a million dollar deal. You can't freak out. You just stay in alignment. You might not know how to do the mute or the tech or how we're syncing the audio and you might have seven minutes to get it done, but listen, it will always work out. And it always will work out protecting, promoting and loving us as well, because I believe there's something bigger than us that knows everything that is protecting, promoting and loving us. Speaking of love, I love you, Dr. Lacey Book. Uh, <laughs> I love thing, you right? too. Yeah. I can. Actually, it was one of the last things Alicia said. It was just a reminder that, you know, words have a lot of power and hold a lot of energy. And oftentimes what you say is an external reflection of what's happening happening internally. But oftentimes those words aren't even your own. And I recognize that a lot in myself and other people. Like she said, you're imprinted at a very young age. So sometimes you're saying things, you have belief systems, you have narratives that were put on you, but they're not your own. And so what's so great about understanding that is that you can be empowered to let them go because they don't belong to you. That is so true. And there's an exercise that I've learned of the power of those words. If uh, you have repetitive negative thoughts that are formulated by your conscious or your unconscious mm -hmm. or even the subconscious and those neural pathways, if you speak it out loud, it's an impossibility of our human capability. Uh, you will override the system when you say, I am happy, mm -hmm. even if, or I am worthy, even if you're feeling, saying, believing differently. If you say it out loud, it's impossible to keep thinking those negative thoughts. So uh, there is a great power in that. For me, my takeaway is how important it is to seek help, whether it's through coaches, teachers, mentors, mm -hmm. or AI, to seek help in three different areas. One, to determine the clues 
for that wisdom and faith sure. to see the patterns uh, that exist within the context of those clues to assist us in the wisdom and faith that it takes in the divine direction. And then finally, to make choices that are aligned and prioritized with where we want to be or better. And all three of our guests, whether it's via AI, technology, emotion, mindset, handset, heart set, philosophies, theories, religion, all are indicating how important it is to seek help in finding the clues, identifying the patterns, and making the choices prioritized towards a divine direction of where you want to be or better. That's what this show is all about uh to help with that by bringing the best in the world speaking the best in the world it's 10 o'clock on the east coast i'm normally at 7 a.m on the west coast it feels good to be on adult time here <laughs> around the world uh i'm up at the the normal time here is a blessing but i want to thank everyone especially my man nick of time mm -hmm. nick of time can you close out the room